0: Peace, peace, peace. I am Philip Browntree, and you are tuned into episode 11 of Hashtag You Good Man. I almost didn't know what episode it was because it's been about six months since I last recorded. I know my millions of listeners were like, Phil, where you go? What happened? All right, maybe not my millions, but, you know, I know at least two or three of y'all out of the four that listened was like, what happened to the podcast? What's going on? Why haven't you been recording? The streets miss you. And so all I can say to that was for the last six months, I've been growing. I've been healing, I've been learning about self. As y'all know, I started therapy uh, last September. So during the 10 episodes, that's when I initially started therapy and I was just trying to process things, I was trying to process relationships, I was trying to process family things, I was trying to process career things. And I I think now, six months later since I last recorded, I definitely feel like I'm a better version of myself. I don't wanna be somebody who's a hypocrite, who, who gives out great advice, or what people deem as being great advice, but I'm not taking my own. It's hard to be introspective, especially in a today's society where you really got to step back and look at yourself and look at if if you're doing everything to to ensure that your wellness is top notch and that you're thriving. And so during the period of this last six months, I'm not going to sit here and say everything has been has been peachy clean. Is it peachy keen or peachy cream? I don't know. One of them. I don't think I'm gonna say peachy cream because then one twelve might try to sue me or something. <laughs> and I still got my corny jokes. Don't worry, they they still here, they still here. But I, I just took that time to learn about self. Um, you know, I was in a car accident where you know it could have been much more catastrophic than it was uh, as a result of of alcohol. Again, I, I put myself out there so others can can understand and recognize that despite that we're all imperfect. That none of us, none of us here are perfect. And so we make unhealthy decisions. And so that was an unhealthy decision that I made. Thankfully, it didn't cost me my life. It didn't cost anybody else their life. The most it cost me was a thousand dollars to get my car out of the impound. No police involvement or anything. But at that point in time, I recognized, you know what? Let me take a step back. And so now we're at 58 days of of alcohol free and I feel good about that. I feel I feel like I'm learning a lot more about myself. One of the things I've learned about myself during this time period is that I used alcohol, especially in social settings, to mask my my insecurities. You know, no matter how dope other people say I am and how how amazing I feel when I'm having conversations with other people, it's still those moments, especially in social settings, where I feel like I had to take a drink to take the edge off so I can be a little funnier. Even if it's corny jokes or so I can be a little bit more comfortable. And so during this time period, I haven't had that. And so I had to sit in my feelings during this time. And You know what I found out? I am kind of funny. I am kind of decent. I am kind of dope. My self-esteem is starting to improve because I no longer have these vices that I need to to depend on in order to feel to have some type of worth. And so that was big for me. Now, listen, I'm not going to sit here and say I won't ever drink again. uh, But I know that I will not drink again uh, unless I'm comfortable with where I am. So that may be never. That may be next week. That may be tomorrow. It's not going to be tomorrow. But, you know, until I'm able to make healthy decisions. So that was one of the things that maybe in in a few episodes from now have somebody on where we can talk about. Um, addiction also although I don't consider myself being addicted to alcohol or being an alcoholic um, I still had those traits that existed and so definitely we want to get into further detail just about that and the impact of addiction on men's wellness and so with episode 11 I was sitting here thinking I've been thinking for the last six months and it wasn't until the encouragement of my therapist and Dr. Amber Thornton, who uh, whose podcast I'll be on in the next few months. Uh, and we had this conversation about me doing the podcast. And for some reason, I got caught up in the numbers. I got caught up in the numbers. And what happens is you get, you get caught up in this numbers game. It, it might happen how many followers you got, how many likes you're getting. And it becomes discouraging. So I might see a hundred people listen to my podcast but then I go hear Joe Button talk about how a million people listen to his content, and so I, you know, again, that goes to the, the, the lack of self esteem, the the lack of recognition of my own worth. But yo, a hundred people listen to you, that's dope. One person listen to you, that's amazing. Zero people listen to you. That's amazing. The simple fact that you're sitting here doing something that you enjoy, you're able to get out these these thoughts, feelings and emotions that otherwise you might just keep inside. So this podcast, I had to realize that this podcast is cathartic for me. And a secondary benefit of it is the fact that I'm talking about real issues that affect men and issues that affect men. Impact women as well. It impacts children as well. So I had to get back at it. It just got to a point where it was just like I started having this feeling like this nauseating feeling like, yo, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing it? You enjoy it. doesn't matter if you're good at it, great at it. If you get a million listens, this is something I enjoy. And so I encourage you to do what it is that you enjoy. It's hard as it is because you're not getting the recognition that you feel you deserve. I feel like this is the dopest podcast ever. I ain't gonna lie. It might not get the views that 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 solidify it from the world's perspective. But I do this out of passion. I do this out of love, not only for the love of others, but the love of self. So we're going to get right down to it. The first episode. And I was just like, ah, what is episode 11 going to be? And then Mr. Kanye West came out the last couple of weeks. One of the people I, I look at is inspiration, not outside of the outside of the music thing i mean listen he got he got some of my favorite albums like in my top five albums he has at least three of them like what's the three eight oasis heartbreaks might be my favorite kanye album it it wasn't again it wasn't the the most popular but it was the most real in my eyes then we got graduation that got flashing lights one of my favorite songs can't tell me nothing Banger. And then the third one, man, he might have four out of top five. You know, he got college dropout. He got late registration. But it was just like, yeah, I'm going to do it on Kanye because Kanye, everybody looks at Kanye like he's he's lost it. Like Kanye is psychotic, like he's he's just manic. He He's crazy. And so I view him as being somebody who. Who's just trying to figure out his truth and figure out who he is while in the limelight. See, a lot of our celebrities, we put a lot of pressure on on them to to be a certain way. We do that a lot with people in general. I was just talking to my homegirl Q, Karita, who also appeared on this podcast. And we were having a discussion about when we put people in a box. And so I think for the longest time we put Kanye in a box. You know, he's this musical genius. Oh, he in the fashion world. He's this fashion genius. But then it's just like, oh, no, don't go talk about politics. Don't go talk about slavery. Don't 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 do nothing. That we're not used to you doing. Because if you, we don't like it. We're going to lynch you. And yes, I chose that word for a reason, just based off his his slavery comments. And I mean, I'll talk about that briefly. Um, but the main thing that I wanted to talk about with, with Kanye, and him being a man and him um being one of the poster childs for mental health, whether he realized it or not, especially as a celebrity, that he's not that that far different from you and I. And so that became even more telling when I sat down and watched the the, the Charlemagne and Kanye interview. It was about an hour forty five minutes. I had to watch it in chunks because <laughs> it's when you when you gotta sit and process Things from a therapeutic perspective, it can be it can be daunting, it could be tedious, because I can't just sit there and listen to it as oh yeah you know what I'm I'm I'm, I'm out here in Calabasas I want to build these factories now I got to try to listen as a, as a therapist which for those who don't know who I am give you a brief rundown so Phil Roundtree uh, have a Master's in social work Master's in exercise science I am a child and family therapist and I also do Uh, Speaking on the topic of mental health, i got to get away from the same motivational speaking because motivation is so fleeting. Motivation is here one day and going the next. So I don't count myself as being a, a motivational speaker. I look at myself as being more of a seed planter. When I go to these different places, I plant seeds and hopefully some water gets on it throughout their lifetime that they recognize the importance of total wellness. And so back to back to, you know, watching Kanye and Charlemagne and it was just like based off his comments about the slavery uh be it slavery being a choice which for me and no listen don't kill me don't don't shoot the messenger for me I understood where he was coming from I didn't think he was trying to attempt to denigrate uh our our ancestors who gave their lives who sacrificed for us to be here I didn't take it as that I took it him as being somebody who he always he keeps using the term free thinker. I looked at it as somebody who threw a comment out um, that was. And he wanted every he was in the midst of it. First off, he he was caught off guard. Um, And a lot of times when you listen to him speak, which you do listen to people speak, who may have anxiety, which I believe he may have had or continues to have, which, you know, four or five million Americans have anxiety. uh, And it could also come from a manic place. Which which is, um, you know, you'll note recognizing just the elevated mood where it's just like everything he's on go, which many of our geniuses have. You know, they have these these manic episodes. And so I, I heard the comment from that perspective. And but I tried to think of it from a critical perspective. And so him saying that slavery was a choice. I looked at it as saying. You know, you look at anybody who's been somewhere for X amount of time and, you know, we do it every day. Listen, you've, you've been like this for 10 years and you haven't tried to make any attempts at change. Yeah, we look at that on the surface. But then when we start bringing in the barriers. So we look at slavery, we look, we look at the mental effect, the with the, the mental anguish that they had to go through. We look at the physical pain that they had to go through. And so it's not hard to see why people chose to stay. Why people choose to stay. Everybody's not Nat Turner. That doesn't make them any less. And so, but what happens, especially in today's society, we take a comment and we run from it. But again, this is Kanye coming from a, a, a musical fashion background. Even though we know he said George Bush doesn't like black people, which we lauded him for, that's because we agreed with the statement. That was complete in itself. He didn't delve into why George Bush doesn't care about black people. The late response during Katrina, he didn't delve into that. But we took it on face value because it's something that we agreed with. Now, the, the same thing happened, but it's, we got the converse reaction. And so that's something we got to be mindful of as a society. Everybody has, has, has the first. Everybody has the right to their opinion, whether you agree or disagree. But we're so quick to judge when we don't hear something that we that we like, that we enjoy. And we're quick to throw the baby out with the bath water. I'm not that type. I'd rather sit down, I'd rather think, I'd rather have a conversation. Bruh, why do you like Donald Trump like Charlemagne did? Bro, what what is it about Donald Trump that you that you enjoy? What is his policy? Kanye don't know his policy. He don't he doesn't know his cabinet members. What does Kanye see? Kanye see just somebody just like him. What do I see in Donald Trump? I see the same thing that Oh, uh, that Kanye sees in them. I'm a firm believer, especially as a social worker. I'm a firm believer that everybody has a strength. Everybody has a certain skill. I don't care. You can, I say this, whenever I go to speak, you can learn from a thief. A thief has a positive skill, even if it's stealing. That means they have the ability to, to, to then aware, a heightened level of awareness to take something, <laughs> Right. We might poo-poo it as, oh, he's just a thief, but everybody has a skill set. And what he said was he saw how he pretty much went from nothing to something in the arena of politics. Trump wasn't a politician. He was a businessman. He was somebody that everybody in hip hop used in songs when they wanted to talk about money and, and be braggadocious. That's what Kanye see, because that's him in the, in the fashion world. Now, listen, I'm not a Kanye apologist. Yeah, I, I, I like his music. I respect his mind. But again, I was able to sit there and and see exactly what he was saying, because, again, it's no different than how I felt. Even before he said it, I've been said that that, listen, that the fact that you can resonate with five million, 10 million, 20 million people, that's a strength. Hitler has strengths. One of the most vile individuals, disgusting individuals that ever existed. But that doesn't mean he didn't have a strength. And so, like myself, like Kanye, I'm definitely going to point him out. And I'm not going to talk about all his comments that he made. I just want to get to those that where he specifically um, either discussed mental health directly or where it was indirectly discussed. And so the first thing they discussed was his mental break, quote unquote, mental breakdown, which Kanye called a mental break. He called it a breakthrough. And so it's like we split in hairs with words. But as me, somebody who's out here trying to destigmatize mental health. Oh, man, how powerful is that? It's not a breakdown. It's a breakthrough. This is going to this is going to turn my life around for the better, even in the I might be in my darkest moment. Again, when I speak and I talk about uh, mental health, I don't say illness. I'm not ill. I'm not sick. I'm somebody who's well. I just deal with mental wellness issues from time to time. It's not every day. It's not every second. It's not every moment. I'm not chronically ill. And so that's the importance of when we start talking about language. That's the first step that needs to take place when we're talking about destigmatizing mental health and what that looks like. That it's not about crazy. It's not about somebody being crazy or deranged or bipolar because they make a decision you don't think, or their their mood might change. Again, we gotta talk about language, because language matters. What he said was he said that he's in a stronger place as a result. Which I feel, listen, my depression, anxiety has taken me places that I didn't think I was going to get to. Who knew if I would be out here speaking at colleges and universities as a result of my uh, what people call my affliction, my illness. My life's trajectory has changed completely as a result of that. And so for him, when he got into depth detail about his breakthrough, it's like, well, what 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 happened? What caused it? And he started identifying uh, external external factors. He started talking about stress, just the stress of being Kanye. The stress of being Kanye is no different than the stress of being Phil Roundtree. The pressures are no different. He has more money. I have less money. Money is still a stressor. We have families. Family can be a stressor. We have these lofty career goals. That's definitely a stressor. Again, we're more similar than we are different. He talked about fear. He talked about fear. Like Kanye talking about fear the most, one of the most braggadocious person people that we've ever seen in the history of music and entertainment in general. Talking about he was afraid that he had lost his confidence. He was used to having his songs played on the radio and then he comes out with new music and nobody wants to put it on the radio. It's not heard there. It's just like, well, well, what happened? What do I have to do in order to keep up with the Joneses? What happens when you're used to excelling? And something happens, that bump in the road happens. I talk about I talk about uh, depression. Often. And we look at the A student, the B student who may get a C, who may get a D. And and they are just up in arms because they're so used to excelling. That they didn't have to deal with that stressor. And so when it comes, you're just not prepared for how could you be when you're so used to everything that you're touching, being gold, being great at everything that you do. I had the same thing happen when I went back to get my second master's degree in exercise science. Listen, social work isn't scientifically based. It's not math. But exercise science was. And I started questioning my acumen and my ability to achieve. Just because I had achieved in these areas, this one was completely brand new. And I was getting I got C's. And it's just like, wait, what? What's, what's happening here? I had to question myself. But then once I had to refocus and say, well, you know what that means? I got to I got to learn. I need more information about this. I need to learn more about self. And what I need to do in order to to progress, in order to achieve. And I ended up, again, attaining a master's in exercise science. And then he talked about his peers. Again, you watch your peers doing great things. Or what you what you see as being great things. Kanye, he looking at Jay-Z. He told me that's my big brother. He's seeing him thriving. He's thriving in his marriage. Well, little did we know till 444 came out and lemonade and all that. But he's thriving in all these ventures that he that he's taking on. And here Kanye is He's trying to keep up. No different than me. Listen, during this six month period, I've been seeing different people, quote unquote, excel via social media, of course, which can be fraudulent. Or not fraudulent, but not an accurate representation of what's truly happening in somebody's life. And we begin to absorb that we begin to take that energy in. That's when self-doubt creeps in. That's when question. Are you you doing everything that you're supposed to do? You question your purpose and that's how you end up either pressing too hard, working nonstop, not resting. Or you end up slowing down, which I did. When you start questioning your purpose and your journey. The peer pressure is real, especially amongst men. Throughout the throughout history, Men have been viewed as those who are competitive. We got to be competitive against one another. Hip hop then threw another element on top of that. Especially hip hop being um, minority driven. Black men are taught to consistently be in competition with one another. I can't comment on you on your outfit and say, yo, bro, that's a nice outfit. I like that. That's a nice shirt, man. You can't give too many compliments without having to say "pause" or "no homo," or you look at them like, "How you get that?" It's the insecurities. It's the insecurity that's bred through social media. That's bred through hip hop, and it's something that we got to be mindful of going forward. Again, I'm not telling you nothing. I'm not telling myself on a daily basis. He talked about the stress of performing. We saw the video where he got on stage. Jay talked about it. He was on stage, gave him 20 million. He was on stage for like 20 minutes. That was at the peak of his episode, which caused him to end up getting hospitalized. And so he got hospitalized. He talked about the fear that he had. He talked about not having his friends around. And how that made him feel. But again, on the other side of it is the breakthrough. It make me sound like a pastor. You're not know pastor's big. On the other side of the trial, of the tribulation, is the breakthrough. That's my that's my Randy Watson. Of. Yeah, and you know, it's no real. Uh, the what's the what they say on uh on coming to America, the what's go the what's going down episode. Or that's my mama. It's no real episode. I I actually did a search. Of it, he's like, like what, what are you talking about? Coming to America, go watch it with Randy Watson, sexual chocolate. <laughs> but that's where the breakthrough is. And so, what happened when he left out? Because Kanye asked, you know, uh, Charlemagne asked him, Do you go to therapy? And this is where I, I, I completely disagree. I completely disagree with Kanye. He asked him, Does he go to therapy? And he said, the the world is my therapist. No, the hell it ain't. Be honest with you. No, the hell it ain't. Nah, because you don't sit there and say the world is my accountant. You know, you don't say the world is my lawyer. The same thing goes with the world is not your therapist. In order to be and to be considered a therapist, you have to go to school for years on end and get specialized training in order to to be in a position to be a therapist. So you talking to your friend, and listen, we all do it. You talking to your friend, can that be therapeutic? For sure. You could definitely release emotions. But in order to truly process the underlying issues, to truly process the trauma that you've experienced, for him to truly process what happened with his mother and the loss and the way that she died, Your homie can't, he's not going to tell you that, especially as a black man. Especially as a black man, because we can't sit and have legitimate conversations with our friends. Like, damn, we can't even say, yo, your shirt is dope. But yet we go at the world as the therapist? No way. No way. And so, again, I encourage people to go see a therapist. I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that everybody needs therapy. Everybody needs therapy in order to live in this world and experience the things that we experience in the daily day to day interactions, especially as a a minority, whether it's, you know, I look at men as being a minority too. the different micro and macro aggressions that we experience on a daily basis, especially when we talk about minority men. Where everybody, it seems like a lot of people, especially if you're a black man, we have to, you know, we first have we have either have to to. You know, to dumb ourselves down, we can't, our approach can't be the same. We can't be as strong because we're always looked at as as intimidating and known for being violent. Add a couple pounds on, throw a beard on, you have the most intimidating person in the world. That's why the the guy from Black Panther, the big guy, I don't know his name, I think it's like Mbute or something like that. But he said, listen, man, black women saved him. How did they save him? They accepted him for him. They looked at him and didn't view him as a threat because he's a big man. Because he's stocky, he's strong, he has a strong presence. And many of us and many of us men, we have to go through that. We have to deal with those things. Women, listen, this whole me too thing. I had to sit down and and really look at my approach to women. How am I approaching women? whether in a romantic or a non-romantic way. Am I being offensive? Am I being disrespectful? Am I, am I utilizing my, my male privilege and making it known during our interactions? Children, listen, children experience trauma every day. It's hard to be a child. It's hard to be a child. My daughter, went, she went to, to see a new school today. And she was very nervous. And, you know, I tried to co- you know, coach her and, and tell her, baby, you're beautiful. You're amazing. You're smart. And she went in there and she had a good time at the new school visiting. The kids were nice to her. Now, we know how typically, you know, at some schools, how they treat the new kid. They make fun of them. They make jokes. Which is damaging to the psyche. So, again, when I say everybody needs therapy, that's definitely my view. And so Charlemagne, he talked about his experience and he said he had his, his breakthrough by going to therapy. He started to recognize what, you know, how anxiety was infiltrating different areas of his life. Every Friday at three, he talks about. And so it used to become annoying. And then until I sat back like Friday at three, you know what? I tell the people the same thing. Thursday at 1130 with Val. I'm right there on the couch. I'm right there sitting there talking about what's happening with me, whether things are going great because I want to know how to keep things going great or whether things are, are difficult. I need to understand both and understand how to process both so I can ultimately thrive. He talked about his Twitter rants. Uh, he's, he, he, again, he, he pushes this idea of being a free thinker and getting his, these ideas out. And it is re- relaxing to get things out. It's freeing to get your, your feelings out, your thoughts out. It's so freeing. That's why I always recommend journaling. I was talking to a client yesterday. I, again, I'm a child and family therapist. Talked to a 16 year old boy. I'm like, oh, you still writing your songs? He said, nah, I ain't writing them no more. You know, the girl I was writing for, you know, shit with her and I don't talk anymore. And I'm like, well, what that got to do with you writing? You know, that was an outlet for you. You used that. And I was like, did you feel good when you were doing it? He's like, yeah. Do what feels good to you if it's healthy. Keep writing, keep doing your podcast, keep working out, keep doing things that'll improve your wellness. Like, so often we, we get like, we become so inundated with work, we become so inundated with different things that we forget to take care of self. And that's where I am in this journey. Me going, what's this, May? So I've been going, Phew, man, I've been going to therapy now for about eight months. And the emphasis is me. And everybody won't understand it. You may be viewed as selfish, not caring. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, man, when you die, it's you, baby. It's just you. When you're gone, you go on, you got to be able to when you when you get up in your old days, you got to be able to look back on your life and say, yeah, I did what I wanted to do. That's why, I, you know, I refuse to take a nine to five. I, I, I was offered a job with a high salary from a school that I frequent and I had I haven't said no yet. I'm, I'm going to say no because I just don't want to think people that I'm just throwing away, like you know, the opportunity. I'm not appreciative, but there's no way because I can't look back and say I didn't get this entrepreneur thing, everything. I didn't give Quadify everything that I had. Whether it be successful or not, it can't fail. Because I believe in me. This is just me. That's what Quadify is. ain't X, Y, and Z. This, this, and that. Yeah, I got merch. Yeah, I go speak. But at the, end of the day, Quadify is me. Quadify is the quad represents the wellness. Defy. we're going to defy all stereotypes related to wellness. That's me. That's what I do on a daily basis. And so. It's, again, that's why that's so important. He talked about changing the stigma of crazy. Is he doing a great job at it? Who am I to judge? I can't I can't put that out there. I know that's what a lot of people jump to. Oh, he having mental health issues. You know, he ain't been the same since he lost his mom. Well, no, you're not going to be the same if you lose a primary person in your life. When my brother died in 2001, I was no longer the same. I can't be the same. My fi- I've, I've experienced something. I experienced something that rocked me to the core. Now, how we cope is, is a different thing. It may be unhealthy ways. It may be healthy ways. Ideally, it's healthy ways, but you're never going to be the same. Kanye, who did college dropout, cannot be the same person that's about to put out his next project. If he is, that means he didn't grow. If he's still talking about being at the gap. Then that means for the last 12 years, he has not grown one iota. But sometimes I think in this culture that we like the idea of people not growing because it's safe for us. It's safe for us to have people in the same position doing the same thing that we know them to do. Because otherwise they will be an outlier. They're different. They're weird because they're not doing what the masses is doing. And I think that's what he was trying to convey. When when one thing that he that he talked about when we talk about conveying, it's just the flaws in communication that exists. And it's it's highlighted by Donald Trump It's highlighted by the slavery comments. There's such a, a, a flaw in communication that that sometimes that exists between people Shoot, it happens with me, the the communication, me communicating from my brain to my mouth. I may be having something so great to articulate and it just comes out completely wrong. Or but then when I write it, it comes out exactly the way I intended it to. But again, in in this world, you are in a spotlight, when you have a powerful position, when people look at you as being a leader. You can't have these communication issues. You can't have these gaps. I don't even try to comment about religion anymore. You know, I always make my Jesus comments like, you know, what is it about Jesus? What is it about Allah, Buddha? You know, why? Why is it okay for everybody to talk about that? But if I talk about just my my general spirituality, it's like I don't get the likes. I don't get X, Y and Z or I'll get people talking about you need to give, get back to Jesus because that's safe. We can't we can't we we, can, we don't really want information that's going to really change us. That's going to really impact us. That's why whether it's Kanye, whether it's, it's Damon, John. Information is the real currency. If you reject information, it's safe. That's safe. But if you get information and it's there and you utilize it and you're able to think critically about it, oh man, that opens up the, a world of possibilities. That's why we try to make it, we try to expose, like I try to take my clients to when I go got a speaking engagement at a university. That's the real money. I remember I took my clients to, to Westchester University with me. It was just like, mind you, 15, 20 minutes from their house. They're like, yo, what is this, a college campus? Oh, the grass. Yo, I want to go to college. The information. It's the information. And when they restrict information from you, that's how they control you. Why do you think they don't want the slaves to read? Oh, because what's going to happen? We, we can read and see what's happening. Because the more you read, the more you're able to think critically about things. Thinking critically means, you know what? It might not be 400 years in bondage. It might be 200. It might be 100. It might be 50 days. It might be three days. We can get out this bondage with the more information that we have. Oh, you trying to tell me when, when that turnaround, yo, you know what? Yo, he going around on this pilgrimage to, to, to preach. It's like, yo, you know what? That joint only about 10 miles from here to the next plantation. That's information. He got the information and he like, ah, oh, you know what? Yeah, we're we going to be out here. We're going to get together with them. But if you're not exposed to the information, how can you truly make decisions? You're, or you're just stuck in this bubble. You're scared to, to leave the plantation. You're scared to rebel. Because you're just scared what might be on the other side. One thing, one thing he said again, he said information was was. You know, information is better than validation. Don't I don't need you to validate me. I need you to give me the information. And that's why, you know, people look at him like, yo, why you because you got your own money? Why are you trying to be up with Louis Vuitton and you trying to be with uh, uh, the, the Tesla guy, Elon Musk and all these all these rich white men? And it's just like, you know what? I get it. I understand it. So It's like you black, create your own black owned business, X, Y and Z. But also they got information. He was talking about Mark Zuckerberg, how he, listen, listen, invest in some money, you know, into what I got going. You know, matter of fact, help me evaluate how much my business is worth. And it's like, nah, nah, we can't do that. Get that information, you're going to be too powerful. We don't need no competition. We can't have everybody out here making money. That's why information is so powerful. It's so powerful. He said bravery is more important than perfection. And feeling is better than thought. Hey, man, those are gems. Those are those are the gems that y'all used to get from Rob Hill, senior. You know, but we got this idea of Rob Hill, senior as him being the, the man who could drop the gems. We got Kev Carr, the relationship bull that drops the gems with relationships. We can't, Kanye can't talk about that. I can't talk. I can't, I can talk about it because I'm a mental health bull. You know, that's how I'm known. I'm known as Phil the mental health ball. So I could, I could throw these gems out to make you think. Nah, but not him. Keep dribbling that basketball, Negro. we not trying to hear that. He, he went on to talk about what happened after his mom died. Who can he trust? And that's why I'm not sure if he really did seek out therapy. I mean it's clear he said the world is a therapist, right? But again, when we talk about losing our primary people, it's so critical. It's so critical that we learn how to process that because that's that's hard, especially if it's at a younger age. You're never prepared for death. It's impossible to prepare for death. But once it happens, we need to we need as we're going through the grieving process, we need to make sure that we're putting ourselves and we're surrounding ourselves with people who can help improve our wellness. And one of those people are a therapist. Now, this idea that he, that he brought up, and I, again, I've been saying it for, for so long. And that's why when I watch the interview, I'm just excited because I'm hearing somebody in a quarter who has a bigger platform. deny I. Talk about the same things that I talk about on my platform, I'm not going to. Matter of fact, we're not going to talk about the size of platforms because my one and his million. Hey, my one can impact millions and his millions can impact one. They're interchangeable. But the idea of things being good or bad, positive or negative, I try to steer away from that. And I just try to look at situations as being they just are. They just are. Now, do I look at things as being healthy and unhealthy? Yes. But I look at overeating as I don't look at overeating as being positive or negative. I just look at it as being either healthy or unhealthy, dependent upon the individual. And so, again, we're talking about the nuance of language. Because language is important. If we can if we can if we can look at how we're using language that can impact our mindset. About how we see things and how we view the world. That's why I'm not a fan of cursing because I, I feel like cursing is an escape. It's an easy way out of a situation. I could drop the F-bomb, right? Well, if I drop the F-bomb, somebody either going to drop the F-bomb back, it's going to be some type of altercation or somebody else is going to shut down and you can avoid. Now, it's not to say, listen, I know people. some people who curse who are very articulate, but I know if somebody curses at me, Hey, that's it. That's it. I'm ghost, and that's not me being weak. Again, there we go. Those terms: weak, strong. I don't know what makes one weak and one strong, and one strong, one weak. Because I think when you're, when people say you're being weak, is when you're really being strong. But if we can look at the the nuances of language, because and the negativity gets just, it just gets a bad rap. It gets a bad rap. Failure gets a bad rap. Now we're in this stage, where, this day and time where, oh, failure is so great, man. You got to fail. That wasn't always the case. I don't look at anything as failure. Failure to me is an absolute. I don't like absolutes because there's no absolutes in life except death. That's the only absolute. Even the paternity test on more, they not absolute. See, I had to throw one of my corny jokes in there. They not absolute. Because where it is, sometimes when Mari say you are you are not the father, they really the father. And they gave him a couple dollars extra so they could have this this sensational uh, experience for the world to see on television. One thing that he talked about. Was he talked about the idea of being loud mouth and being this expressive at a certain age? And he referenced, he didn't say the song, but he referenced Kendrick Lamar's Mortal Man, where at the end, Pac was ha- Tupac was having this interview and he was talking about, there you know, you don't see no loud mouth 30 year olds. That's why the activism you see during that time, especially was from your teenagers, from your early 20s, back when you didn't have nothing to lose. I challenge you, look at your life. Look at your life. Could you really go out there and protest? Could you do you really, would you really feel comfortable and going out there knowing that you can lose it all? I don't begrudge people who do. I know I'm I, listen. I'm not one of them because I believe in my skill set to know that you, that I always have. I'll always have employment. I'll always be able to, to make a living. I'm always going to have somewhere to stay. I'm always going to be okay because I I, I can't see myself not. But again, we're talking about, you know, our wellness and what we need to do. And that's an activism and, and speaking out and being advocates for other people. That's another way that improves our wellness. Helping out others helps our wellness. We can't be afraid to be expressive. It's so cathartic when I'm able to, to have intellectual conversations about the plight of different communities and speaking out on, or, you know, whether it's, it's standing in front of Mayor Nutter and saying what I gotta say in front of a thousand people or sending a mass email, that helps my wellness because that gives me a sense of purpose. And one of the, one of the things he, he, he discussed towards the end was he had lost his confidence. See, a lot of times when we're experiencing mental wellness issues, we can lose our confidence. We look at ourselves as being one particular way. And we built ourselves up that now when we're not in that space and when we're at our most vulnerable, it's just like, dang, is this really me? How long will this persist for? What's going to happen? How will I be perceived? Because men, we care about perception. Everybody cares about perception. But men care about perception. We don't want to come up. We can't come across as being weak. Because we'll get laughed at. When Terry Cruz talked about hashtag me too, because he was fondled or what have you or propositioned, he was laughed at. Did, that, did he lose his confidence then? No. Because he recognized his purpose. He was securing who he was. But when, you, especially when you first experience depression, anxiety, or another mental health diagnosis, you can lose your confidence because you're not used to this. And so, what that meant for him is that he gained empathy for people that lacked confidence. See, if we change how we view others, if we if we if we look at them, see, we don't we don't try to get beneath the surface. We're really surfacey as a society, because if we really looked at what was happening. If Donald Trump really had conversations with people affected by the dreamers. Or this whole deportation thing that he, he had going on, if he actually sat and had conversations with these people like, listen, you know. Yeah, I was born here. My kids were born here, but my husband might not have been born here. So you're sending them away. Do you understand how that's going to affect us for generations to come? See what the further removed you are, the lack of empathy you have. Unless you have a life changing, life altering experience, like a mental breakthrough. Like having your car flipped over and cheating death. You start viewing things different. It's forced humility. It's forced humility. You can't be up here and be braggadocious when you was just in the, in the psych ward, or so they say you can't be. You can't be out here uh, uh, talking about, yo, yo, crazy XYZ for drinking and driving, for, for getting high, for smoking weed. When you were in that situation, And you didn't make the healthiest choice. So you're forced to be humble. I got to look at the situation. I'm empathetic for the person that experienced this. That experienced that. Something that will potentially impact their wellness. He talked about letting the community down. And And since he did that interview. Again, it's compounded. From the slavery to the slavery thing that happened with TMZ. That pressure he puts on himself is the same pressure that I put on myself. Who am I letting down? Who am I letting down? If I don't put if, if I don't put out these these daily uh, inspirational memes about wellness, who am I letting down? Who am I letting down? If when somebody hit me up and they say, Phil, can you reach out to so-and-so that happened to me the other day? A homegirl of mine DM'd me, yo, can you reach out to, to this person? I wanted to say no so bad because I wasn't in the, in the best state of minds. My wellness was, could have been jeopardized even more if I reached out. And that was such so difficult. It was such a difficult decision because then people look like, oh, you, not really, you, you don't really walk the walk. You just talk the talk. No matter if I a million things that I do right or a million people that I reach out to, that one person, my view fill, is not being authentic. And so that caused me to reach out because I had I've had these pressures on myself. I didn't want to let the community down because I'm the mental health bull. I'll say it time and time again. What you do and what you're known for isn't the only thing you are. And that's something to be mindful of. You're so much more than the one thing that you're known for. Kanye is so much more than music. He's so much more than his slavery comments, his Donald Trump comments. We're so much more as people. And if we take time away and we step back And we just look at that we're people at the end of the day. And that we want to ensure that our wellness is taken care of. For Kanye, that's, in my opinion, that's therapy. That's not getting liposuction, but that's exercise. Unless your health is in a position where you need liposuction. Not because you don't want to be made fun of like Rob. Because then that's when, again, we go to the therapeutic component. That means taking care of our spiritual wellness, being able to sit with the feelings that we have, not just going to church. Thinking about yourself in a holistic way as having all this energy, all this power. That's talking again. I talked about going to therapy. Becoming one with the environment. Listen, I started running. Shortly after my my accident, my through the wire Kanye accident. I started running. Listen, I become one with nature. I'm about to be done this this podcast. I'm going to go out run my 5 miles. It might be the hardest thing in the world, but I'm going to run it because I become one. I'm not the therapist Phil. I'm not Daddy. I'm not Jermaine. I'm not Phil. I'm not sexual chocolate. Nobody calls me sexual chocolate, even though I'm a deep, dark chocolate power lift. If anybody would call me, that, but I'm not none of these people. I'm just Philip Roundtree. A person running five miles. Somebody who's taking in the, the trees. Who's appreciative of the oxygen that he gets to inhale who's aware that he has limbs, that he, can, that he can utilize. Somebody who appreciates his wellness tree, his wellness quad, and one who's who's damn sure determined to make sure that mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually that I'm well. And so hopefully Kanye is doing that. Hopefully Charlemagne is doing that. Hopefully the people that are listening to To this podcast that they're doing it because at the end of the day, it's you. You're what matter. You're the you're the uh, commodity. And we got to treat ourselves as such. Listen, sheesh, 51 minutes be rolling. Listen, I can talk. I can talk. Listen, this I, I don't think you guys have any idea what this means to me to get this out. To get this out here for those who are listening, I appreciate you for those who who share um, and, and like this content. I appreciate you for those who just listen for two minutes and say, nah, this ain't for me. I appreciate you, too. Again, this is cathartic for me. This is getting out my feelings, getting out my thoughts. In the best way, in one of the ways, not the best way, one of the ways that I know how. So I thank you. You can catch me on Instagram at P H I L underscore Quadify, Q U A D E F Y. You can catch me on Facebook, facebook facebook.com slash Philip MSW. You can catch me on YouTube, Quadify LLC is the channel. You can check out my website. Listen, I got some nice merch, man. I got some good quality t shirts. This is what depression looks like. It's funny, when I first started this podcast, I didn't have merch. When I ended the podcast at the end of October, I didn't have merch. Now we're talking about three distinct t-shirts. We're talking about baseball shirts. We're talking about hoodies, different kinds. You know, it's about the progression, man. It's about the progression. That's all we can do as people. We we self-actualize, figure out who we are and just progress. That website is ww.quatify q-u-a-d-e-f-y-l-l-c dot net. I thank you. Again, you can check this out on you listening, so you listening to it on something. It's on SoundCloud, it's on iTunes, and it's on Google Play Music. Hashtag you good man. I appreciate you guys. Peace.